0: I built my entire business on what you're talking about, I mean, for 20 years, which was basically, you know, self-help books, seminars, um, come to the meeting tonight, we'll teach you the how-tos, and all of that was great, right? It yep. was. It, it worked. It worked, yeah. But man, oh man, if I would have known the importance of getting the inside right, um, you know, emotionally and spiritually earlier on, yep. so much of that would have just fallen into place. There's a false notion in our society. I'll take care of you if you take care of me. But The truth is, if we actually take care of ourselves first, only then can we change our life, change our homes, change our cities, our relationships, and eventually change the world. For those of you who appreciate the holistic lifestyle, you've come to the right place. Your host, Emmanuel Zavallos, is a certified emotion and body code practitioner and certified group energy facilitator. You are now listening to Healing the Healer podcast.
1: This show is brought to you by Heal, the social media platform for those who love the holistic lifestyle. Are you tired of sharing holistic tips and getting banned or going to Facebook jail for sharing the truth? Are you tired of all the Facebook political drama? Tired of people who don't support energy healing growth? My wife Jess and I created a social media platform that was meant for people who love social media, communicating with like-minded people, and love learning hacks from other wellness practitioners. It's free to join www.haveempathyandlove.com Plus, every week you have the option and choice to opt into a cutting-edge healing group where you get energy healing for seven days straight. Again, it's free to join www.haveempathyandlove.com. All right, everyone. It's May 1st, 2023. Uh, we're here at Healing the Healer podcast studio. I'm excited to uh, interview Brandon Neal. In fact, kind of a cool thing. This is our first time meeting here, but I'm, I'm good friends with his friend, Jeff Fieldstead. Um, so I just wanted to uh, welcome you to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. So let me do like a good introduction for you, like so you you know everyone knows the listeners can can kind of know more about you. So he currently lives in Southern Utah, uh, here in Saint George with his wife Lexi, four children, Jersey, Sailor, Bridger, and Dodger. Uh, He has twenty years of experience in teaching leadership, sales, success strategies, and business that has helped thousands of other people get on track to become successful themselves in all areas of life. In the financial world, he built an agency with over thirteen hundred licensed agents. In over 30 locations nationwide and became the youngest in a large financial firm history to earn a seven-figure income annually before the age of 30 by helping clients invest hundreds of millions in mutual funds and annuities, as well as protecting families with billions of dollars of life insurance. He also strategically helped with putting together relationships with large Fortune 500 companies, currently owns several other companies with world-class business partners. He loves fitness and health, the outdoors, and has an obsession with hunting and conservation. So as part of his passion in the hunting and conservation world, he's also been a key in building a booking agency that specializes in putting together and executing hunting and fishing plans worldwide, and has the largest menu of vetted adventures of any other company that exists today. He also oversees the expansion of the company by selling franchises for the company and helping to support the franchise owners grow and scale their individual business. He's also a co-host of a podcast, one of my favorite podcasts um, called solid and has a strong purpose in helping other people to live solid lives in all areas. Man, that is a great bio there. Okay. So we got four more paragraphs. <laughs> um, so, um, so I usually I usually like to start the podcast with saying, you know, what are three things you're grateful for? Why don't, why don't we start off with that?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Glad this is recorded because I can play that back for my wife and say, see, I did something. <laughs> no, she knows. She, she helped me do all those things. So, and, and a lot more. So appreciate her. But, uh, three things I'm grateful for. Um, I would say number one, the gospel is number one. Um, gives me, I mean, it's everything, right? If I, if I live my life, according to that, everything else falls into place. So I'd say that's number one. Number two, I would say would be my family and relationships I have with other people, but in particular, my family, for sure, wife, kids, um, great parents, great, you know, just, just we're, we come from great families. And I'd probably say number three would be my health and my family's health just in general. Um, we're healthy. Um, we feel, yeah, we feel good. So I, maybe probably those three are the top three I'd be most grateful for.
1: And that's and that, I'm glad you you mentioned those things because I feel like <clears throat> they always talk about in different businesses. You know, God. You know, family, finances. You know, things like that. And um, but even if with, with finances, you know, at the end of the day, if your health is deteriorating, you know, really, that's the true meaning of wealth, in my opinion, is uh, is your health. You only have one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a mother who, who passed away with pancreatic cancer back in 2011 and, uh, you know, she spent lots of money, all the money that she made to basically find her way back to health again, you mm-hmm. know? And so obviously we're here, here in healing the healer. The whole reason why I made this podcast is because I feel like some of the greatest healers out there aren't even taking care of themselves, you yeah. know? And I also feel like, um, Self care has become more popular now. I think uh, even more than self development, it's kind of like: Are you take care of your, taking care of yourself emotionally, physically, and spiritually? Yeah. I know obviously you put those in good priority. So, um, so was,
0: yeah. I got a question for you. So, was your your mom's cancer a big motivation for you to get into everything you're doing with how oh, people heal?
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So sure. Th- I mean, you know, she said um, when she showed me this hematology book, and it was this thick old you know, r- blood cell book. And I was like, oh, there's no, way I could ever read that. Yeah. Uh, she, she's like, I don't want you to be a doctor because you don't find this exciting. Just, you have to really just follow your heart. And what's really cool is my mother was one of the top 50 in UCLA medical school. And she studied Western and Eastern and she believed they deserved to be combined together. And, uh, her patients got better more than most of the doctors working at Kaiser Permanente for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I followed under her footsteps saying my mom was just ahead of the curve. And so she, if she was alive right now, I'd know she'd be proud of what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, my dad kind of came around, but it took, took about a year of, of uh, me supposedly scamming 100 people a week. You know? And then he was like, hey, what's going on over there? You know? And I'm just like, I'm helping people, Dad. They're, like, they're getting results. Yeah, they're getting results. lives
0: are getting better. They're help, they're, yeah, their yeah, health's coming back. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, I would be amazing if I could scam that many people a week. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, but um, but um, it's just interesting. Cool, but I wanted to just kind of talk about you with in regards to um, we have a lot of listeners who are wellness practitioners mm-hmm. or maybe they're clients of practitioners and maybe they want to start their own business but um, whenever I read someone's bio, it just really doesn't show the blood sweat and tears it's just it's very cold in my mm-hmm. opinion when I read a bio sure um, there's always what's behind the curtain. So first of all, why did you say I'm going to go into where I'm my own boss? Like, how, how did that seed, that thought, come into your head?
0: So I'm, I'm, I would say I'm pretty blessed or lucky because growing up, both of my parents um, are were employees. My dad was a, a, a lineman for Rocky Mountain Power. That's what he did his whole life. So one of the things that I kind of wanted to do was follow in his footsteps. In fact, I was looking for a way to become a lineman myself, but back then, for whatever reason, in Utah, where I lived, in northern Utah, there just weren't any apprenticeships opportunities during that time. Now they're all over the place right now. There, there's a huge need for linemen, but for whatever reason, during that window, there just wasn't an opportunity to really get into be to becoming a lineman like he did, you know, like becoming a, an apprentice and all that. So... Um, that's, that's kind of what I was going to do. And then my mom was working for a company and she did do real estate as well. She was, she was actually just started into real estate. And so there was that angle, I guess. And I did see my uncle who's a big real estate, successful real estate broker and him and his, his sons, his boys have done well in that. So I did have that as an example. I had my cousin growing up who was a, um, uh, general contractor, very successful. I worked for him for a lot of the summers, um, early, you know, when, when I was in high school and even middle school when I was very young. So I did see those who owned businesses and I did see my parents who had jobs. Um, but because I was in that home of having jobs, I just, and, and, and I did, I, I thought about becoming a contractor. I just didn't know, you know, and, uh, I served a mission, um, church mission for two years. And when I came home, and my wife and I were dating, I was pretty lost. Um, I, I did go to college for a semester. Felt like I was wasting my time because I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt like, what, what, what am I doing here? And I was, I was really kind of headed towards the general contractor idea, working for discover card a credit card company, doing construction on the side. Um, and then, uh, what had happened was I had a coworker of mine at discover card approach me about this financial company that was expanding and growing, allowing people an opportunity to join the company get licensed and build their own agency and their own business within the company. So he invited me down to the office there in Sandy, Utah. And I was fortunately was introduced to that. And, uh, the guy who was speaking when I showed up at that meeting was doing very well. He was earning, you know, 20 to $30,000 a month in income, um, had a lot of freedom was, I saw what the company did, which was helping people financially, And it just made a lot of sense to me. I thought, man, why didn't, why don't they teach this stuff in high school and in college like they should? People wouldn't be in the financial situations they're in. So I had a natural passion for that uh, just because I, I mean, I I always, I've always been a pretty money motivated guy, even when I was young. And I don't know if that's because of my parents made me pay for my own car payment. And, you know, if I wanted something, I had to earn the money to go buy it. And, and uh, so I think I, I, I realized the importance of finding a way to earn money, to be able to not just survive, but if I wanted extra and, and wanted more, I had to I had to know how to do that. And, and working at jobs wasn't cutting it. Right. So when I saw this opportunity and saw, man, I could build a business here and I could scale the business by hiring a bunch of people and leveraging myself. And it, to me, it just made, made a lot of sense. So just blessed to be introduced to it and to go down to the office and take it. And, and, and I, my wife came to the office the next week, looked at it and she goes, I turned to her and says, what do you think? She goes, let's do it. Let's go. I was 22 and she was 18, and we we got after it. So, so question with
1: that: um, if your wife wasn't supportive and said, because I, I noticed that sometimes you know, uh, you know, you come home and you know the biggest dream stealer could be your partner. And mm-hmm. I know there's probably listeners right now like, oh, I'd love to start my own practice, but um, my husband just does not believe in what I do. And you probably worked with people. That's the only way that you became that successful in the industry is that you worked, you built a team of people and everyone has very different demographic, Mm -hmm. but there were some people that I guarantee they came home and their dream stealer was their own partner. Yep. So what would you tell that person to make them go like, no, I should keep doing this anyway?
0: Yeah. So that's a good question. So, um, through my experience, typically when that happened, it was because maybe the person who wanted to do the business, whether it was the husband or wife had maybe, said they were going to do something before and didn't do it didn't follow through right. right history history yep that was what i found was typically the the problem right or they would get involved and initially their partner would be supportive because it looked really good and then they wouldn't do the work to build the business and they would they would like not be home but they also wouldn't be working when they're not at home right they'd be come to the office and hang out or they would i don't know who who knows what they were doing right? right and weren't getting results because they weren't finding new people and doing appointments and meeting people. And so their wife sees them gone all the time. She's there with the kids coming home, no paychecks coming in and she's going, this isn't working. Right. So you need to go back and get a job. Right. Right. So, um, I think, you know, in, in my situation, we were newly married. So my wife, you know, call it naive or whatever. We were both young and naive. She probably just didn't know any different and thought, yeah, let's, let's go. Right. Right. Now, I don't know. I just, I never, I never put myself in that position with my wife. Um, I just didn't. And, and I I didn't want to, you know? Right. Um, so for those who are in that situation where maybe you haven't fallen through, fall, followed through before, make sure you start keeping up on your commitments, not just for your wife, but most importantly for you. Right. Right. Because if we don't keep our commitments to ourselves, I think that's the most detrimental thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, we lie to ourselves and it, 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 it undermines our whole self value, self worth.
1: They say um, commitment is doing the thing you said you do long after the feeling that you set it in has long passed, and and I think um I think in, in and I talk about this later on. There's like a book that I read called The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster by Darren Hardy, and there's just I can tell that some of these people think it's all glory and stars and everything, but there's sometimes in business just drudgery. There's things that you know, even when I opened up my own practice, there are things that I'm like I'm not. Really looking forward to this, mm-hmm. but then I said, "But what's the alternative? Like I can't go back, right? And I, I, I know what's waiting for me if I decide to quit, and then nothing will change in five years if I don't do something different. So they say, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I, I guarantee, ninety-five percent of people are insane now nowadays. Yeah. What do, What do you think about that?
0: No, I. <laughs> I agree. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, discipline, right? Dis- discipline is so important. I mean, you can only go so far in motivation. Um, and, and if you're feeling good, right. I mean, yep. you're not always going to feel good and feel like doing it. And I think there's some things you can do to get yourself in that state of feeling good. Right. And uh, what I try to do whenever I have something in front of me that I don't feel like doing is I, I think about what it's going to feel like when I'm done. You-, you never regret doing the hard things. Um, but you might regret not doing them. Right. And so in our business and our, in our financial business, when we were building that in the early days, one of the things that almost everybody avoided because it's uncomfortable for most people is prospecting. Prospecting is finding new people to become potential clients or to hire into your business. And it's uncomfortable for a lot of people because you're meeting new people and there can be a lot of rejection. Right. And so I just made it a goal that I was going to set a time every morning from like nine to noon and I was going to prospect and get X amount of contacts per day. For me, it was three to five new good contacts a day. When I say good contact, that was somebody who was in our market. They were interested. They wanted to learn more every day before I did anything else. Because if I took care of the prospecting first, then I could set the appointments. And if I got on the appointments, then guess what? We would do business with some of them and we would hire some of them. So, I just tried to simplify that, and so you're you're absolutely right i mean you, you know whatever you you don't like to do in your business or in your life, identify the things that must be done and make sure that those are high priority, whether you do them for i i I think you should do those things if you can first off, get them out of the way. Some things might not work that way, some things you might have to do later in the day, but just make sure you don't let that day end until those important things are done
1: yeah those those are some really great tips and 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 hopefully you're listening to this. Um, you know, my mentor taught me that he'd rather trust a short pencil and a long-term memory. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and if you're taking notes, I, I would, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, um, you're investing time to listen to this. Obviously, if you're driving, please don't take notes because um, then, you know, ca- cause an accident. But but if you're not driving, definitely take some notes because, you know, these might serve you uh, in the future. Um, so there's a question that I have. Um, you know, there's a saying that like, you know, we're created for success yet programmed for failure, um, I believe one of our major programs comes from family program, family programming, um, you know, and the more I work with my clients, the more I realize that like what they used to say all the time, yeah. uh, they come off as like post-hypnotic suggestions, you know, things that you're, it's kind of hypnotizing in your brain that you believe. And some of these could be inherited and some of these are. Program from your family or music, things like that. But yeah. I also I also think that love language also plays a part. You know, like we should have gotten lo- the Five Love Languages book back when we were eight years old, maybe like a miniature version of it, sure. because of um, our parents don't receive the same love that we want to receive, and, and, and vice versa. Right. Um, you know, sometimes uh, the reward punishment environment can also change the way you are. Um, so my question to you is: Were you positively programmed to succeed? or um, did or like where did you get most of your positive programming to succeed because this is this is very crucial because a lot of it people is. we we think that when you start a business that we start in the same starting line and I think that's false and I think to tell anybody is just not right because you're putting them at a disadvantage and so to tell them like look if you come from like Brooklyn or like some really rough area and your parents were always negative to you that's very different from somebody who grew up with like parents who taught them like good principles and finances and things like that. Like they don't start in the same place now. Can, can they finally meet and merge at some point? Absolutely. But I'm just curious, like where do you feel that you got the most like best programming? like this definitely pushed me forward.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I I had both. I had some programming that I think was really good when it came to having success in business. And I had some, maybe not so good programming. Um, For example, uh, the stuff that I would say wasn't necessarily so good was the the in-the-box thinking of you got to go to school, get a degree so you can get a good job, so you can retire one day. In fact, I remember when I called my mom, when when I decided not to go to college anymore, she's like, you're crazy. I think she actually says you'd be an idiot not to go to school. Right. Right. And I was like, mom, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do this financial. I'm going to build my financial business instead. It feels so much better to me. It's what I want to do. And she just was not excited about that. She was, you need to go, go to college, finish your degree. And my neighbors next door who I grew up with, um, uh, when I visit my parents, I would talk to him. His name was Steve. And he said, same thing. Yeah, you should really go get your degree. You'll make more money. So I had that ingrained in me, right? Yeah. And that's not necessarily the truth. In fact, I would even argue it's it, it actually hurts most people's success. I, I think going to college for most people, they're going to be a doctor or something, or attorney might be different, right? But uh, Or accounting or something, but... Um, uh, for business, I mean, if you're going to go to college, go for the experience and connections, but don't, I, I wouldn't go because you think it's going to teach you something of how to succeed better necessarily. Right. Sure. Other than look, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going through something to complete something. And, but if you're going to go into a bunch of debt and that's, I don't know, I've got my opinions with that. No, but, no. I love,
1: I love these opinions. These are great.
0: Yeah. So, um, in that sense, you know, that probably wasn't real good, but what, what they were good at is, um, you know, stay out of debt. Don't, don't buy things you, you can't afford. Right. Um, Save and invest your money. Uh, you should always have your IRAs and your and your four hundred one ks and and uh, those things are you know important to start investing in, especially when you're just starting out. You get the tax breaks and all that. And for most people, those are probably some of the best ways to accumulate some initial. Uh, a little bit of wealth over time. Right. Right. And they're long-term investments. And then I did have, like I I alluded to earlier, I had my, my cousin that I worked with a bunch, who was a successful general contractor because he worked his tail off, had a bunch of homes going all at the same time, did a phenomenal job in his homes. People wanted to, you know, he had no problem finding people to, that wanted to hire him. And then, like I say, my, my uncle, who is a real estate broker, I just, I uh, learned a lot from him. He worked, I, I, I know he worked his tail off for a long time, built a very good reputation. A lot of people knew everybody I knew who knew my uncle uh, and my cousin for that matter, really respected them. And so that, that programming to me was, man, I want to be that way. You know, I, right. I want to have what they have, which means I gotta, I gotta work hard. It might, my my dad uh, extremely hard worker you know, as a lineman, you know, would work 60, 70, 80 hour weeks or more often and, uh, made good money. Uh, lineman make pretty good money for, for job. Right. And so he made good money and I, and I watched that. So those were things that I learned from by example, that were very positive, that helped me tremendously. Like when I, when I went on my mission, I mean, I, people would call me the machine, right. Because I would get up, you know, half hour, hour earlier than everybody else every morning, and I do a workout, which most people on their mission they don't work out, right? So I would do the opposite,
1: actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they stop working out,
0: and I just I worked out every day of my mission, and uh, and then I would you know go do like our proselyting, we'd call it, right? right. And, and and I just I was so I learned a lot of this stuff on my mission. They teach it on. To, they teach us how to be missionaries too, as you know. Right. But uh, you know, I I anyway all this programming help me so that when I got back from my mission and found the right vehicle right. I kind of had a foundation ready to go because of what I learned right a lot of people I recruited and hired into that business did not have that but it was okay because we had it right so we could teach them We could be taught yes
1: that's interesting because I um, you know it's so interesting that you can make a road to college and colleges do look like a smile upon people who go on their missions because they have that two year dedication mm-hmm. of like you believe in something very strongly because you have to be very committed, you know? Um, and so, but you didn't go that route. You went a different route. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what my mentor taught me once was uh, you buy someone's opinion, you buy their lifestyle. And, and and it's it's. I think we haven't been taught early on in life that the people that are usually giving us the greatest advice that we think are great, they really, if you look at their time freedom or if you look at their financial freedom, one of them may be off or maybe they don't have any of them but we're still listening to them because you know they matter to us. And so I think it's like if I could have gone back in time, I wish somebody would have dropped some discernment into me and said, "Hey, listen, do you really want that person's lifestyle? Yeah. Um why are you taking uh, love advice from somebody who's been single for 15 years? Or why are you taking uh, financial advice from somebody who's who's like really close to being broke?" Yeah. And Amen. and 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 so that I think that's that's one of the biggest things is like who are you listening to, you know? Yeah. And so I wanted um that's why I brought you here because I feel like you're somebody who's on the other side of finances and uh, you've helped. And the only way you got there is because success breeds success. You've helped other people reach financial success too. Cause I know how that industry works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, I was just kind of curious to see where your, your programming came from. Um, so one of the things I want to ask you is, um, I know you, it sounded like you were very open-minded to it right away. It sounded like your wife was very open-minded. Um, I've noticed that most people who are skeptical have sort of like a poverty mindset, you know? Um, like, so did you have sort of a healthy mindset, like wealth mindset? Because I know you've learned from these people, the programming, but do you feel like books have helped you out with that? Or do you feel like seminars have helped you out with that? Or what has helped you to kind of – because I know the Robert Kiyosaki said, you know um, – the difference in two people, besides their language, rich and poor, is you know how they think and how they communicate. Mm-hmm. One person thinks it's spending; the other person said it's investment. You know, the one that says it's risky, the one that says no, it's not risky at all. You know, so um, what really helped you in your education in regards to wealth, so you can like retain it? Because there's some people who are who have a practice, uh, a wellness practice, but they're not learning, they're not going to the financial stuff to like learn to how to keep it, how to maintain it, how to save it, how right. to grow it,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, fortunately I was blessed to be introduced to a business very early on. I think that helped because I was young enough. I was impressionable enough. I mean, you could have told me about anything at that time. And as long as you were successful, I would have just believed it probably to an extent. Okay. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have done anything that would have been not something I believed in, but, um, you know, when, when, this guy named Brendan Merton was was showing the up showing me the opportunity and what he had done he'd built basically four offices four branches making $25, thirty thousand a month. Um, he just said, "Hey, if you get to come to work with me, I'll teach you how to build what I build." And I just kind of like, "Well, that's a no brainer." No one else who's doing that is offering me step by step how to do that. Right. And so I'm yeah I'm I'm in you know so um, so that was a, p- a piece of it as I was I was young and and then I did start reading. In fact, my very first uh, self improvement book I actually read. Was rich dad poor dad? Oh wow, yeah. And then shortly after was the cash flow quadrant, and it did. Those things were in some ways completely opposite from what I had been thinking prior to that. Right. As I started reading those books, so I didn't like have that programming naturally necessarily, right? right. But as I started to read these books, it I just it was very enlightening. In fact, I'm I'm listening to a book right now uh, called "Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life" by Wayne Dyer. I don't know if you've River. Love Wayne Dyer. I haven't read that book yet. Oh man, it's it's amazing. I'm I'm actually listening audio book right now, and I go running and stuff. But you know that that that's what it is, right? Is, is I mean, books. Yes. Um, I went to a lot of um, leadership seminars, and then in our company. We would have weekly training meetings and I had great mentors in that company that had great lives, great marriages, great kids, really successful in their businesses, successful with people, helping people grow and get better and feel special and capture their heart, capture their, capture them. Right. Right. That, that's what the founder of a company would always say, Art Williams, say, you capture their heart, capture a person's heart, you capture, you capture the person. Right. And so, uh, learning all those things was big for me. Uh, just, just, it, really it sounds good.
1: like association was like. Huge, Like it seems like the people that you were associated with that had what you wanted, uh, by being around them, there's going to be tons of what they call like after event conversations. Yeah. Also, and I heard some of those are the best conversations is like post the event and talking to people that have already what you have.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and we were in a company where we would hire a massive amount of people. And not everybody wanted to be successful, right? So I, w- I would be very careful of who I spent my time with. I wanted to spend my time with those who were already successful or at least wanting to become successful and doing the right things. They might not have been there yet, right. but they were at least on the right path, right? right. And uh, you, you've heard before, you know, you take the top five people, you hang around, and I'll, I'll show you basically who you are, right? Right. And uh, that's that's everything. So I did have uh, very good relationships
1: And it's funny you say that. With those who are listening here, Uh, there is also kind of quantum physics with that as well. Like you know, when I work with people, I do find absorbed energies from others that are at work. Yeah, so yeah, so there's like you know, absorb sadness and frustration that you got from your coworker. That's not even your sadness and frustration, but now you've absorbed it, and it's easy for you to feel sad and frustrated. So um, you have to be careful how you what you absorb. Um, so, and it shows a picture of a sponge in the body coat Cause like you sponged it, you know? Yeah. yeah and so it's, it's, so it is, you, you think that the people that you're hanging out with aren't affecting you. I mean, you're not, you're not Superman, you know, and we all got kryptonite, you know, so gotta be careful. So, uh, um, you know,
0: you, you, and, and you can, you can test that. You, you, we all know people that we're around that energize us. And oh, yeah. We all know people that we kind of want to avoid because for whatever reason, sometimes we can't put our finger on it exactly, but we just don't quite feel right around them. Right. Right. And it's those energies.
1: Those energies. Yeah. It's yeah. really, it's really real. Um, Another thing is, I know, I know we have the same faith and, uh, uh, there's something that I've been kind of wanted to say on air and I've, I've kind of been keeping it to myself. I know Jeff, I think from your podcast, it, I think I overheard you a couple of times saying that you, you know, you know, like started learning more about energy medicine and kind of like how it could help you and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, here's my thought and I'm going to kind of like put my foot down and, and, People can disagree with me, but the people that I've told this to, they said that's actually really true in my opinion too. Um, but I think is this: is when Christians are open to energy medicine, and those who are energy medicine are open to Christianity. I really feel like a significant change could happen, and I also think that you know people who are like. Um, Uh, you know, who are Christians, if they, um, sometimes we're, we're scared about sort of spirituality. Like there's other ways to become more spiritual. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, whoa, don't, you know, don't do yoga, you know, or, you know, don't meditate too long. Jesus didn't meditate too long. It's like, just take a deep breath. It's like, and if they were more open to spirituality, and then if the spiritual people were more open to Christianity, Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother level of how I think our world could change. Yeah. But it's, it's, and I've said this before on this podcast. I've, the the number one reason why evil is winning is because they don't fight over small dogmatic issues, and and it, it's it's the Christians, it's the spiritual people. Because we have difference of beliefs, we tend to separate, yeah. and that's how evil wins. Yeah, but I what what that. what what are your thoughts on that? Like in regards to like for me, for example, I know energy medicine for me has increased my, my belief in God and like, you know, because I, he's going to find some way to help people in the world. And it's not going to always go through the same channels that we are used to in our culture. So, um, I'm curious how like energy medicine got into your life. Has it helped out your spirituality? Uh, like, I just was curious on your, your take. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this a little bit because it has made a significant impact in my life. Um, I call it energy work or whatever, emotion code, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, I know it's body code. It's all kind of, uh, goes together. But first of all, I believe that God created all things and uh, created the atom and the energy and he created it all. So all of it is his. Right. And, uh, I do believe that, uh, we are not the healers, but Christ is the healer. Right? I believe through the atonement, we're able to access that power because of him. So everything you're talking about, whether you're working with somebody to help you do that, it's through the power of the atonement that that's, that's possible is my belief. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, I think, you know, my sister-in-law, Altie. um, she, she does, has helped me a lot with a lot of this, right. It's been very good. So one, one time my shoulder was hurting and just for, for I just couldn't figure it out. Actually, no that was a different time. My, I had like a, a a weird chest pain every time I would breathe and it just, I had it for a couple of years. Couldn't figure out what it was. It was just annoying. It wasn't like real bad. I mean, I still did my workouts and you would have never known, but it was just annoying. And uh, so she started to kind of learn how to, you know, help people with their getting rid of their past emotions that get trapped in our bodies. And I had some emotions that were allowing that, whatever it was in my lungs to cause that pain and through a couple of sessions working with her it went away like that's awesome completely had another situation with my shoulder and and it was cuz i was trying to shoulder everything like trying right. to trying to force everything right yep. same thing there hey you've got some emotions that are tied to that let's get rid of those emotions. You know, again, and, and she's very, very clear. Like she, she's, like, I'm, not, I'm not a healer. Like that's not what right. I do. Um, but I can help you recognize what it is and we can release those. And I don't even understand how, how it works. Sure. Um, but for me, um, it has made an impact in, in many ways, tangible ways that I've seen myself, my wife, my kids. And many times it's like instant. It's pretty cool. So yeah. I think the way that Christ healed was through that power right through that that the, we would call the priesthood yeah I, anyway so anyway i don't i don't want to get cross lines there because i i don't understand it all but right i do i, I would testify that it works if that yeah. makes any sense
1: totally yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's it's uh you know i really do feel that um you know one of the things that also comes up sometimes in, in sessions as well is like uh is uh, entities and dark things, you know, that like that are on the other side, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and I want to touch on that later on because I think it's, um it's really interesting to know that, that um there's been a spiritual war, you know, before we we came here and you may not remember this and whatever religion you are and whoever, whoever's listening to this, maybe you don't believe this, maybe you've never heard of this, but there was like a war in heaven and we're here continuing the war. It's just a different location. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, one of the biggest things that we could kind of fight off is that um, that the same doesn't exist and that uh, evil doesn't exist and I'm just here to just kind of make money, have a family, and just die i mean it's one of the I think that remain we remain in ignorance and then the other side remains more in power because they have more information uh, before us and um but I always tell people this is that. I want to tell you a, a cool little thing that I, I I talked to Dr. Brad and we had sushi. When you eat sushi with Dr. Brad, it's like special things happen, okay? But um, anyway, I'm talking to him and, and, and I asked him, I said, um, so where do you see the emotion code in the future, you know? And um, if you were kind of like an egotistical person who's like, it's all about me, you know, um, he would talk about this kind of crazy expansion, you know? His, his answer was so powerful. And I've always remembered, I got goosebumps when he said it. He says, Well, there's going to be no, like, there needs to be a group of people that, like, increase in faith. It's like, it's not going to be the whole world. It's just like a group of people, whether it's the practitioner, whether it's the clients. Like, these people, because they see all these amazing things happen, change their life, they're going to increase in faith. And he said that once that happens, um, there's going to be no need for the uh, emotion code. The emotion code was really meant. For the world to increase in frequency and for people to regain the faith that we used to have, and he says, once you have that, people are just going to be a lot simpler and just say, "In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed."
0: It's kind of the lower law, right? Lower law, and yeah. So that, that that we can understand maybe better, exactly, to get to that higher level that you're talking about. I, I, yeah, agree.
1: Yeah, so that so that that to me was just like so. For me, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. I think we're going to get to that point. I mean, we're obviously not there. I mean, we're we're going through the mud right now because, I mean, don't even look at the news for like 15 minutes, but we're going through the mud right now mm-hmm. and I can feel how people's faiths are being tested big time. Like, I I, I heard a Glenn Beck uh, episode once and he was just saying, we are in the time of, of choosing sides now there is no there is no sitting on the fence anymore more than ever I think in history you know mm-hmm. uh, obviously you and I are entrepreneurs, so we try to like avoid the news because you know constant negative news stands for c n n but but still um we can still acknowledge some big you know things that show up and be like this world isn't going in the great in the greatest direction right mm-hmm. now you know, right. and you have to kind of choose sides um so I want to talk to you about the fact that I know Jeff home teaches his kids, you know, so Jeff, Mm -hmm. right? Jeff Fields said does. I don't know if you went that route either, but I was going to ask you about like one of the most beautiful things in entrepreneurship in my opinion is the fact that you have more control over what's being taught at home Uh, because, you know, you never know what's being taught on the outside. And I think in the last 10 years, things are being taught that 20 years ago were not being taught. So my question to you is um, when you come home how do you kind of shelter your children to kind of like not listen to Master Mahon doctrine or Giddy Anton Robert doctrine? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do it where you're like, and also too, one of the things that we have as members of the church is we don't want to also lean on the church for the teachers to teach the kids everything. We have to kind of come up, we have to be our own Adam and Eve at home and teach our children. How has how entrepreneurship helped you out? Because I know there's a lot of mothers who, uh, want to work from home. They don't want to go to a job. They want to be more with their kids and they want to teach their kids in their, in their faith. Sure. And, but how has it been for you in that respect? How's entrepreneurship helped you in that way?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's good. That's a great question. Um, so in a, in a big way, I mean, in a big, big way. So, um, after our, basically our first five years in business, we started having kids. My wife has been able to be a stay at home mom ever since then. So my oldest, Jersey, she's 16 now, but when she was younger, she would, you know, she'd just go to school, um, just like always. But, um, my wife has always been very involved with, you know, what'd you learn? What's going on? And recently actually COVID kind of like it did for a lot of people kind of, um, I guess motivated her or inspired her to say, hey, I've got to, I've got to bring them home and teach them in the home. So we've been homeschooling half and half. So they'll, they'll do like the first couple hours in the morning. With, with mostly her, we have a nanny that comes and helps. And sometimes I'll do some of the the teaching as well. And then after that, they'll go to school as well. So they kind of get both worlds right? and get a taste of both worlds. But there are some days where we know what the agenda is going to be for that week at school. And we just don't have them go to school. So we, we are able to pay attention to all of that, I think you know if you're a parent right now and you're not paying attention to what's happening in the classroom, you've got to step up because uh, there are things. I'll give you an example. My daughter one day was at school and her teacher, for whatever reason, popped in this video. They they had um, some extra time, so it popped in this video, and there was a boy kissing another boy in the video, right? And so just again, just programming that we don't want to have that sure. with our children, right? And, uh, and so you just, you've got to be when she got written up and I don't know if she got fired or whatever, but you know, but. Oh, luck- the teacher got written up. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. well, 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 luckily uh, a lot of the kids complained to their parents and the parents all made sure that they, they took action. So right. we do have, I think a lot of parents that are very good at, at keeping track. That's great. But I know some parents are going, I just, I don't want to teach them all. I don't want them to go to school all day. That's like a free babysitting job. And I, I just think, I mean, we're, we're parents, right? And look, I know everybody's situation is different. Some yeah, people are absolutely. working jobs. They don't have time, but. Yep. I would be looking and trying to have a desire at least and pray for a way to get more involved with your kid's education at some level. Um, and like you say, when they come home from school, Hey, what'd you learn today? Right. And you might what's in your your backpack. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Now they, yeah. no, they, they talk about this, and I don't, I don't know if it's St. George, but different schools in the different country you know that they, they come home with a special backpack, and then there are some things that would probably shock us for years to come. Yeah. And uh, like, wait, what did they teach you today? And, sure. And um, I was curious about what you said, um, that you examined the curriculum that was going to be taught. So so I'm guessing up front in this calendar, you know, every single day what they're going to teach about? Is that what you, they you, give
0: you? You, you? you can kind of know a little bit because they usually send emails out of what's, what's going on for the week, right? Yeah. Or there will be testing going on. And uh, so if, if there's something that we see that, you know, we don't want them involved with and we just, we just keep them home yeah. and, and people go, can you do that? Yeah, you can do that. You just tell the <laughs> school what you're going to do. And the Uh, teacher, most teachers are really cool about it too. They're they're like, yeah, whatever you need to do. They're
1: like, we're not even happy about teaching this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think in Utah, that might be the case. I know. know, Yeah, exactly. We're, we're kind (laughs) of tied. Um, and and you know what the reality is, is that, um, something that I've learned is that, uh, is to ask why more than once, you know? Um, and this is, this has kind of made me, you know, the whole hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, I've learned that if I want to have peace with all, I must like forgive all, you know? Huh. And I, I try to figure out like what is going on behind this person's agenda, you know? For example, uh, doctors who they literally were trained to promote vaccines, you know? Um, it, it's not like they like had some sort of like um, moral code test and then they said, okay, now you're going to promote vaccines. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, it was just part of the curriculum. They thought it was right. Mm-hmm. They thought it was helping people. Mm-hmm. Now, if they got some insider information about how it has formaldehyde aluminum, and all these different things, and then they keep doing it that's a whole that's a whole nother now that's on you now and right. and and the doctor needs to know like the judgment's on your head because now you're you're what I call is the uh the cane law it's like you know you 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 know you kill Abel. You know, for the so you can rise up to more money, and that makes you "quote unquote" free. When it doesn't make you free, mm-hmm. um, it's like that. That's pervasive in the medical realm because they're just like, "I'm willing to hurt my brother so I can get rich." You know, mm-hmm. and so, but again, like I always, I, I tell that about, I talk about that with lawyers too, because you know, I've dealt with some lawyers in my life, and I'm just like, if you know too much of what's really happening, and you're still taking advantage of the system, then that's on you now. You yeah, know, I think but, so, but yeah. yeah, so I think I think teachers. Um, I think teachers are waking up more and more to be like, what's. I have a. My uh, my wife's uh, sister, uh, sometimes she's questioning stuff now, kind of like, hey, like, wait, what are we teaching them? Wait, I don't know about that, you mm-hmm. know? and But she, but because it's her job, like, it's like, what, what are you supposed to do? Do mm-hmm. you lose your job? Then you have, where do you go, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's always that threat too on you as well. Big time. Um, but, um, but I think it's really important that, like, the average, this is, I think the statistic is really sad, is that the average american only spends 15 minutes of time with their children the average so if you're if you're teaching them in the morning time a little bit or you spending time with them you're doing way more than the average yeah. you know yeah and so uh, but that's one of my reasons why i wanted to work from home and do my own business because you know no success can compensate for failure in the home right and so i just i decided like i don't want to be like my mom and dad and 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 have my children's raised by MTV.
0: Well, that's cool because, uh, you know, like my boy, I mean, we will have days where like today we wanted a mountain bike ride for PE, right? Like yeah. that's what we did. Or, you know, uh, he started mowing the lawn this last week. So that was, that was part of his school is learning how to mow a lawn and how to do that. Right. So practical things they need to learn. They can learn that at home too. And yep. It's it's fun, or we'll go we'll go shooting. You know, here's how a firearm works. And I mean, man, can you imagine if all our kids knew how to use firearms, how much more safe our country would be because would they be. know they know safety, right? So, all and and they'd be educated about them, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, great point. So, um, yeah. So I think let me see. Uh, okay. So I I think in my work, um, I wanted to talk about um this phrase here, um, and, and I think this is really important because I think a lot of people. I think we've been programmed if you go to a uh direct sales company and i've i worked in a few like Modare, legal shield, these different companies uh Nerium international like skincare, yeah. you've probably heard of all of those yep. um you know jeff Olson like you know like i followed that guy for a while um what's really interesting is that they're really big on self development but they don't have spiritual development you know and and they've muscle tested it before that like fifty two percent of the world is like spiritually deprived, like they're like spiritual, they're like really hungry. You know, it's like, it's like, they're not feeding their spirit in any sort of way. Um, but what do you think about that balance between like learning self-development and like spirituality and like kind of making sure they equalize? Cause sometimes you could be kind of tilting too much. It's like too much self-development, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like your spirit's kind of lacking or maybe too much spiritual books. And then it's like, you have no, Action books is like you're not, you know, have you seen that sometimes with some people on your team where you're like, they're kind of tipping over, you can have actually too much of something and it's like actually not good uh, in some ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's what's challenging about the work you do is it's, it's not really tangible. Right, a lot of times you can go read a self-help or self-improvement book, and it's all action, go, go, go. Here's what you implement, here's and all the things you can do, which is good, right, right. But it's the inside work that the spiritual work, right, that actually makes all of that almost automatic. I would say does make it automatic. Yeah, and uh, you know, so I think a lot of leaders today they're trying to lead from the outside in right? Read this book, do this, go do this, do this activity. And that's, that's, I guess, the way you could do it. Right. And, and you need to do that too. But, but how about just make sure you're, you're doing it, you're doing the work. And, uh, I think, um, you know, like I say, I mean, I, I built my entire business on what you're talking about. I mean, for 20 years, which was basically, you know, self-help books, seminars, um, come to the meeting tonight, we'll teach you the how to's and all of that was great, right? It yep. was, it, it worked. It worked. Yeah. But, man, oh, man, if I would have known the importance of getting the inside right, um, you know, emotionally and spiritually earlier on, so much of that would have just fallen into place instead of me... Shouldering it. Shouldering it (laughs) or trying to force, right? When you try to yeah. force, there's always going to be a counterforce. Absolutely. And I was, you know, looking back, you know, I didn't realize I was like forcing it, but you know, I, I wasn't a lot of time, a lot of times, right. right. We, we'd run contests and incentives, which are fun, but sometimes right. it was, I don't want to say force, but I just, it, it wasn't as natural. And so right. the time I can look back on my business, I didn't know, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I can look back on the biggest growth years is when I was more of a natural, confident, faith in God, faith in, in, in my people, more of the spiritual leading yeah. where we had our biggest growth years, you yep. know, and, uh, looking back on it, I can, I can identify it, but
1: it's something, something that I noticed too. And thanks for sharing that. Like, um, is that I feel like when it comes to, um, something that I do in my heal platform, So I create this social media platform with my wife and I and we did it because there was like a need for it. Like like public speech for holistic people was like going off the cliff. And I saw a lot of my friends go on Facebook jail. And uh it was sad because I'm like, you guys are providing actually good tips. Yeah. And um you're getting fact checked by who knows who, like with an agenda. Sure. And so um and so they would come back and like hey, hey, guys, I'm back. And it's like 30 days later, you know? And so we made a platform where people can speak freely and my wife and I are not screening anybody. We're just letting everyone. You know, if you want to talk about vaccine injuries, like talk about it all you want. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it's very liberating. But one of the things that I noticed is that I um, so many, one of the biggest controversies I think with people in business is like this, like go at it like twenty four seven. I'm just going to push it. You know, the grind, the grind. Yeah, you got to go grind. Yeah. You know, but but what, what I've noticed is that. You know, when you do that rest on Sunday, because it it does say work six days and then rest one day, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I've noticed that life, my whole week goes way better when like Sunday is actually taking like a rest, you Mm -hmm. know, because I'm like, if God needs a rest, I'm pretty sure I'm not as cool as him. So I need to take a rest, too. Um, But there's a reason for that. It's to it's. It's not really. I always tell people it's it's worldly rest, right. but it's not spiritual rest. Yep. It's it's actually you're going at it spiritually aggressive. Like this is time for spiritual work. So sometimes I offer free energy healing sessions for people because that's my way of like if Jesus was around, what would he be doing? Yep. He'd be going out and healing people. He's like, I'm not going to rest. You guys can rest, but I'm, I'm yeah. Jesus. I got I got things to do, and he did it. He and did he it. Did on it. Sabbath, yeah. Right? yeah, and he, and he did yeah. it on the Sabbath, and people were like saying, Hey, you're working on the Sabbath. He's like, Look, like I'm I'm God. Like you know, it's like I can. Like, I am still working on Sunday. When you're praying to us, like, we're still listening to you it's on Sunday. It's kind of Sunday.
0: funny. They, they, they could circumcise people on Sunday, but he couldn't heal. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that is weird.
1: Yeah, that is weird. Um, uh, and I, so I just, I find it interesting that, like, have you, have you noticed that, that perhaps in your work, and for me, like I said, in the platform, I tell people, it's kind of an interesting thing, that people who are not Christian, whatever, I just say, hey, guys, like, I challenge you to go out there and just do spiritual things today. Go take a walk in the forest. Communicate with your creator. Go help out your neighbor who's hurting or go do whatever thing. Just don't work today. And then Monday through Saturday, do all the energy healing you want. But Sunday, just leave it up to him. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a beautiful community that's been like, thank you. Thank you for this healing, whatever. Mm -hmm. And actually, Sunday is the only day where I don't do... Typically, when I because I'm certified in group healing, mm-hmm. I, I tell them I'm like we don't have any intentions on Sunday, but that our higher self connects with the Creator and just let the Creator choose whatever we need to remove so we can be a better version of ourselves. Yeah, you know, and so it's like it's like it's almost like we're we're putting our our hands out. We're always trying to grab things. We're like, I have these symptoms. Like no more symptom seeking. Right. Just on Sunday, I need help. And what 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 can you remove from me? Because you see a better version of me. What would you like to release for me? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been very beautiful. What what has been your experience in that? Like, you seem like the type of guy that does grind, but has Sunday played a special role for you at all? Like, how, how has that gone for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think uh, when you're an action driven type person, it feels wrong sometimes to allow it to happen, but you'll get much further if you allow it to happen, meaning you've got to, I think, I think, I think number one, you've got to ask God what he wants you to do and, and find out what that purpose is for you. And you've got to feel that in your heart of hearts. If you know that, and you really have faith, then from there, I think a lot of what you're talking about is, is wisdom, right? So, so we gain wisdom by, I think living what we believe, right? So, you know, you're talking about having, having a rest day, you know, Sunday being a rest day. I think, uh, I think that's, that's a catalyst for the rest of the week. You know, I think if we can do that spiritual work on Sunday, hopefully it carries on throughout the week. Right. And, and, um, I, I think, you know, um, you know, Hiram Smith, he he was my great, Great, great grandpa, and he was wait, wait, wait. Yeah, like, oh, yeah well, so. no.
1: Hold on a second. You can't be pulling that stuff in here. You can't be doing that. I'm like huge in LDS history, and yeah. you're gonna pull one of those.
0: Yeah. Well, the reason I want to bring it up because it kind of fits this where okay. he, he was instructed to not like he he was kind of he kind of wanted to do more in the church leadership wise, and he was instructed Hiram learn wisdom. Learn what your job right now is to, is to gain wisdom and knowledge and wisdom. Right. Right. And if you'll do that, then I can use you as a instrument in my hands to guide and direct you. Right. Right. So I try to remember that, um, that when I feel like things aren't going the way I think they should go, cause I'm not in control. I'm, that, right. that, that's one thing I'm learning. I'm not yeah. in control. I used to think I was in control. I'm not in control. Right. And the older I get, the more I realize that. So my job is to gain wisdom and understanding so that as I'm taking action every day, that might be making a phone call. That might be, you know, going to visit with somebody that might be sometimes thinking what's the next step. What are my goals? What, what's, what's my plan? You know, how i going to execute this, whatever those actions are. Right? I mean, I mean, I might need to go open up another franchise and call someone to sell another franchise. I've got someone who comes in my mind, call them, you know? Right. And as I'm doing those things, allowing things to come together versus trying to force them, yeah. You know? and many times you, you make those calls and you talk to people and they're just not ready, the timing's not right. but it's it's funny if you just let it happen, either they'll refer you to somebody who's ready or they'll come around months later and they'll be ready to take action with you or whatever. just just allow it to happen you you, you keep working on you. you keep providing become someone who's valuable to other people, right? Yep. someone who can bring value in, in men in, in, I mean, whatever you're passionate about. Right. Really?
1: Yeah. I totally agree. And I think for me, the, the biggest shift in in my case is like most of the time I believed I was the hand when I was actually just the glove the whole time, you know? And, and when I went to, um, When I went to church, I used to say, you know, what can I get from church? And I changed it to like, you know, what can I give in church? And the the, the church experience is very different when you go that way. Because I'm not looking to, it's basically um, the St. Francis of Assisi prayer, you know, which is basically, it's like make me an instrument of you know, your piece, you know, it doesn't say like, I am your piece. It's just make me an instrument of it. So we're just instruments. Yes. And we just have to get out of our own darn way to help people out. And, and I think when you think you're the deal is I think that's when you're like pushing against the world's energy. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, and if you say I'm not the deal, I work with the deal. I, I just need to deliver it, you know, but if you, you have to obtain something. And I think that's why they always say like, obtain the word and then everything will come. You know, it's like, you have to like, Gather information so that when the right person comes, it's it's kind of a weird phenomenon. You probably noticed this before. Do you ever notice that sometimes when someone comes to church, and like they'll come up to you, they'll say, "Hey, how's it going?" Blah blah, blah. and maybe you don't. There's not much to say to that person. Mm-hmm. Then somebody else comes in randomly, and you're talking to them. All of a sudden, you're like, "Man, I got. I feel like I have to like unload on this person." Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I really feel that is that person came hungry to church, and you came like prepared to to, to help yeah, them out. Right. And, and so that person maybe didn't come that hungry. They just came in just gone, I'm just here just based on obligation. Sure. This other person said, I'm here because I'm starving and I'm just like, I need something. And then yeah. you just happen to be in the way on purpose, you know? And I feel, um I feel like that's what I want to do more. I want to get more in that trajectory of like, God's hands at the statue broken off and like let me be your hand let me be your thumb be right. something you know right. um but um
0: yeah early in my business i mean that was you know 22 23 24 years old um my mentors you know Hector Lamarck was a, was a big mentor of mine and He just said, just keep working on you, you know, and uh, master the fundamentals of our business, master the thinking behind the business, master just thinking in general of success. And so I, I did that. I went to work at age 22 and just started working on myself and became pretty dang good. And because of that, I also did the work. I took the action and then the results followed that. Right. And then what happened was after, you know, four or five, six years of that, I attracted people like a fricking magnet. I, I I didn't even, I mean, it just naturally we went, our income went from 300 grand a year to 600 grand a year to over a million dollars a year in three years. And it was just magic. And, uh, it was, I mean, I just put that work in to become that person in that business. Right. So you can do that. If you want to learn real estate, become that person in real estate. You know, you want to become that person in the hunting world. Like I love, you know, go to work in the hunting world and, and and get good at it, right? And a lot of it, a lot of it is the the work. You know, right. you got. I did the work, but you've also got to be doing the 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 brain stuff, the the learning, and Both. developing.
1: Yeah, that's interesting you say that because um, I'll reference a word. Um, you know, the, the word like you know baptism. You know, which which comes from baptizo, which means like immersion. You know, and and I think you had to immerse yourself in growth, and then come out of the waters, and then you are looking for people that want to grow with you, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I, I heard once said that's like, basically you only attract who you are. So, so it's like, if I always, I always just to tell people like, um, uh, or my, one of my mentors back in direct sales and tell me if you agree with this. He said, he said, uh, if you're not getting the results you want, it's really three things. Uh, number one is you're not doing it right. Uh, number two, you're not doing it enough but you're doing it right, but you're just not doing it enough. Mm-hmm. And he said, third thing is that self-development. Mm-hmm. And he says, so it goes that way all yeah. the time. And, and I good. thought that was really powerful. I was really? like, yeah, that's, that's true. I was like, and, and, and in this case, because you and I both know more, it's more than self-development. It's like doing your inner work. Yeah. You know, like, it you is. know, if, if you can, because um, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, I hate when people say like, "Oh yeah, that person's rich, but are they happy? or Are they miserable? You know, it's because it it kind of puts you. First of all, you're programming yourself in a bad way, saying that once you get there, you're going to be miserable. So, mm-hmm. so so don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, or or you know, there's so many negative beliefs. There's a book out there in um, outside this these rooms here of uh, the Millionaire Mind, you know, yep. by T Harv Eker. Yep. That for me. Of all the books I've read, and I've read Think and Grow Rich and all these different books, but that for me was going like, we have wealth files and we have poverty files. And you can really believe these poverty files to where you will receive a poverty manifestation. And uh, you have to be very, very careful what you believe. But I always tell people, I'm like, I understand now why rich people get uh, depressed at the end is because... They build all these heart walls, all these traumas to get there. Mm-hmm. By the time they get there, they're in a bomb shelter inside of a beautiful mansion. So they can't appreciate sometimes what they have because they are they feel numb, mm-hmm. you know? So that makes sense to me now. And I'll see, like, I used to make fun of that saying, but I was like, wait a minute. If, if you think about heart walls and how much, who betrayed, what was the business partner that betrayed you this year? You know, what was the time where you felt depressed this year, when you lost your baby while you're still building your business, like you're creating these walls, right? You know, so, um, has your uh sister in law ever worked on your heart wall at all? Yeah, or just, okay, cool. How'd you what was your experience on that? I was just kind of curious. Uh,
0: so she was just learning when she started with. So, my wife and I were kind of the guinea pigs, right? So, she, by the way, I know her, you know that, right? Yes, I, I,
1: I like, like I actually, I think I did a session on her, yes, a long time ago, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, So she said, so yeah. she
0: knows you, yes, yeah. so, uh, um, shout out to her, by the way, she's cool, yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, LT dapper. So yep. my healing, my healing works podcast, if you guys want to check her out. Um, so my wife and I were kind of the Guinea pigs with that. And when she was just learning how to do it, she didn't realize like how powerful it really was. And so she, uh, she started to do work and, and, and got you know, my heart wall was whatever it was. Right. And it was, right. you know, and she, she, she started to go to work on it and got rid of that. And for me, I actually, um, she didn't like I I don't know how it all works, but didn't like replace it with like, she didn't know she had to do that part. So she kind of just left me hanging yeah. and it was not good for me for a few days. (laughs) I was very like depressed. I was like, whoa, you know, yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, you know. So anyway, so anyway, luckily, um, she kind of helped me through. That oh, you were
1: processing, and you were yes. like, you were feeling echoes and stuff from yes. like what she removed from you. Yeah. So for two days, you were just kind of like, Whoa. like really low, really yeah, low. yeah. Like,
0: like almost felt dark, almost a little bit, right? So
1: do you do you know why that? Did, did she tell you why that might have happened? Uh
0: She, I think she has, but you can remind me.
1: It, it, well, typically it's because uh, in your past, let's say it was like you were 11 years old and you felt depressed. You, what you did is you hid that emotion underneath the carpet, mm-hmm. and then. Um, um, now your body's expressing what you should have felt back at that age. So that, that's the echo. That's the so esp- yeah. especially if you have a family that says, you know, you know, children should be seen but not heard, you know, or like or like, hey, man up real quick and you have to like tuck in your emotions. Yeah. Then that's when you, you typically have a person who echoes a lot. Okay. You know, so anyway, but that's probably what you guys have an echo finally. And yeah. it could be from one emotion. See, the sad part is she probably it's this whole heart wall, and maybe one of the heart wall layers was giving an echo to you. Yeah. And it hits you because you 'cause you're just like I have no idea idea why i feel so down yeah and you're trying to go through your brain and be like did something bad happen or, or yeah. did my wife not treat me right today or it's it's this weird thing like no which makes it worse <laughs> which makes it like then you're like now I'm more depressed because i can't figure it out so yeah, yeah it must have been kind of rough two days there yeah
0: but uh yeah she's gotten much much better at knowing how to how to how do, to do that yeah. properly so yeah. yeah
1: that's awesome and then what did what did you get from like like what did you notice about yourself about like once you maybe what are some things you notice when you start cleaning your heart wall
0: Uh, you know, I, I, I was able to recognize, I think, uh, in the past things that I maybe didn't realize before, uh, you know, maybe, um, like I'm, I'm, uh. I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, being an A-type personality maybe wasn't as, I don't know if sensitive is the right word or maybe right. empathetic as I could have right. been with a lot of situations throughout True. my life up to that point, yep. whether it be with my wife, whether it be with my kids, whether it be with people in my business. Yep. So for me, a lot of it was opening that up. Right. So I could go, whoa, I, I, can, I can feel better now. I can right. feel how my wife feels better, which was a huge one, of course, yep. really recognizing Whoa, okay, we've been married for, I think at the time was 18 or 19 years and going, whoa, I wasn't near as, I wasn't there for her in certain situations like I should Should have have been. And I wasn't even aware of it. Yeah. You know, call it a tough guy syndrome or whatever that was, a heart wall or whatever it was. I now and since then I mean, you could talk to her and she would say the same thing that it's been a drastic difference, I would say, over the last five years. But it I mean, it was it was tough. There was other other um relationships that kinda got a little bit rocky there for a little bit because yeah. um, you know, I had to distance myself from certain people for a little bit of time because I had to like get that healing process to start taking place and that's not easy to do. Right. But I I'm now, you know, it's been I don't know, four or five years into it now and i I'm, I'm feeling much I'm feeling more like I'm, you know, I don't know, getting stronger every day and yep. becoming the person I'm supposed to be. And yeah, I,
1: I I always tell people too. Um, and, and thanks for sharing that because because uh, here's the thing, when I when I see your your Instagram, you know, and I'm like I'm like okay, this guy's like shooting guns with Blake. Like you know, it's like okay, so he, this this guy's not kind of like the the soft kind of uh, metro guy. You know, he's like you know just you're, you're out there. Um, one of the things is that you could be both though. You know, and and the reality is is like. I feel like Jesus Christ was both, you know? I feel I feel like he could take out the whip and, and the cat of nines, but he could also be the guy that cries because you're crying, and even though you're about to resurrect Lazarus, you know, he's going to cry sure. with you, you know? And he can go both ways, which is very powerful. That's, I, f- I feel like that's that for me is the real strong man. The strong yeah. man is the man that could just let go of his ego and say, uh, this is a good time to cry with you right now. You the, know? Ability yeah, the ability to empathize. Yeah, the to empathize, yeah. It's, it's, and I think I think we've been geared because of hard times to become the strong man to, to the point where now we have like like almost like ego and narcissism has has now is crushing the world and crushing women and doing that. Yeah. And we need to kind of like go back to like, no, we could be compassionate. We can be loving. We can be empathetic. I love this one saying that says that um, have so much compassion for others that you can taste uh, salt in your mouth when someone's crying, you know, mm-hmm. and I f- and I feel like you can get to that point if you remove enough of the baggage. Because if you feel numb, it's hard to be compassionate with somebody else. Like yeah. You can't empathize with anybody if you feel numb. You yeah. can't, and uh, I think that's why also like I have my theories about social anxiety. Um, the reason why people are social anxiety is because they don't feel connected with other people if mm-hmm. you have a heart wall mm-hmm. you don't you don't feel you're connected you're not one consciousness anymore it's like you and them
0: and you don't even know what's keeping you exactly from that connection right. right
1: or you don't know the intentions behind someone because you don't feel much from them like yeah. if you can feel someone's love your anxiety goes down because you can't feel anxiety and love at the same time right you know so it, it literally re- replaces it yeah so um,
0: you know I think something too just is you know it, you, you know, all of us kind of know this where we see somebody who's struggling with something and, and, uh, we could help them if they were open to being helped, yep. but maybe they're not open to being helped because they don't think there's a problem. Right? And right. Maybe there is a problem. Maybe there's a problem in, with a relationship with one of their kids or with their spouse yep. and we can see it very clearly. And you go talk to them about it and they, they can't see it. Right? right. And whether that be the heart wall or whatever, but I think all this you're talking about here, you know, you, you can't fake being healed. Right. You, you, well, you can fake it for a minute, but it will come out, right? Sure. And it's probably going to come out at home with your spouse because they're around you the most. You can probably fake it when you're out in the world, but right. what's really going on inside of us is going to come out sure. eventually, right? So, Absolutely. Um, if somebody's having struggles or issues with whatever it might be, you know, get help. I mean, they can call you and right. you can help them with some of this stuff, right? Or Alti does the same thing and they can, they can help, uh, help you kind of pinpoint. Cause a lot of people go, I've been to therapy, I've been to yep. EMDR or whatever. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of our, our soldiers and stuff that have seen a lot of things that are trying to get over stuff. And yep. there's this internal stuff that's intangible work that needs to be done yep. that, that let's just face it. Let's just call it out. It's, it, it's, a, it sounds hokey
1: Yeah, absolutely. for most people. Right. Yep.
0: And man, if I could have had a guy like you in my organization throughout the years, gosh, there's so many that I just, seemed like they were doing all the right things on the outside but man they're just there was something intangible that they just didn't have and it was in and, and, and I had it and they didn't have it I wanted to give it to them but I didn't know how to give it to them you know
1: it's actually ironic because the thing that's intangible that that's holding them back it takes something that's intangible to help them yeah it's really ironic right yeah. it's like it's like the invisible I always tell my wife this I'm like the invisible hurts us more than the, vis- oh, the visible dude. absolutely big time yeah and so I think um you know, I actually did used to help out PTSD veterans um, yeah. at, at no cost pro bono when I first started my practice because I went to military school for for three years. Uh, I don't know why my barber just gave me like a like a military haircut. I didn't ask him for that. I wanted a <laughs> medium fade, but he went higher. I don't know if he's trying to bring me back to my like my there old my old my old times, but um, but yeah, I I was actually trained by veterans who went to Vietnam. Okay, uh, you know this guy the comes to mind, uh, Deathridge, um, and uh, he you know he went to Vietnam and he got shot and he's like I want to go back again and he got shot again he's like I want to go back I mean it takes a whole nother mindset to be like I'm going to go out there you know yes. and he was doing okay at the time around 2000 when I graduated but then I've heard later on like these people started struggling you know, and they were their they were the, my mentors, and I I love them. They're like a father figure to me. And I was like, that's not fair. People that serve our country deserve more than you know one day a year for them to be recognized. And and uh, unfortunately, the VA leaves them for nothing. You yeah. know, and and it's not fair. They come back worse than a civilian, like lower than a civilian. And so I was like, I'm going to help them. And I used to give them like twelve sessions, and uh, man, things would change. And yeah, uh, so awesome. uh, yeah, so that's um. That's really dear in my heart here. Um, okay, so I have a couple of more questions for you. You're doing okay over there? I'm good. Okay, good. Okay. So, um, okay, so let. So I bet there's like a, a ton of practitioners listen, obviously, to this this podcast. Um, a lot of people talk about that word passion, you know. Um, and I, I kind of mentioned it to you earlier about how like passion could have moments of drudgery, you know. Like you know, it's, sometimes it's it's not easy. You know, it's kind of hard sometimes. Um, but I think once you find your mission or calling, um, you know, you're know you going to have some, some high times, some low times. What do you do in your... Can you give me an example in your life where you had a downtime in your business, but you did certain things to get yourself back up to keep going? Because there's no way... If you were to look at... If I were to draw a graph of your success there's no way it's a straight arrow like wow. going to the corner it's really like like this it's mm-hmm. really what it is now now because you're more you're kind of the that type of like like go big or go home mm-hmm. there, there probably wasn't a, a downward this I mean unless I'm wrong but usually it's just up and to the right mm-hmm. but it's it's this weird zigzag mm-hmm. and and you won't it's funny a lot a lot of six figure earners and high figure earners they always talk about how I'll never tell you what I went through until I get to the six figure ring. You know, they always talk about the like, like you'll finally hear my real story, but I won't get there yet because they're, they're afraid that they might discourage their team of like, wait, we have to go through the fire like that. And um, so tell me about that. Like what's, what's one time for people who are on your own practice, you have some downtimes too. Yep. Um, Maybe you can give them some advice of like, when you have a downtime, what do you do to get back up?
0: First of all, I think a big mistake people make is when they have a little bit of success, they take a break. Uh, I had success. I'm gonna reward myself, and I, you know, and I think you got to have your goals, and you have your rewards when you hit your goals, and that's that's great if that moves you forward. But I would encourage you that when things are good and times are good, set yourself up so that when you do have a downtime, you have to keep going. So, for example, if you were, you you have your clients and right. you have appointments to do, right? Yep. Well, if you have a downtime, but you have thirty appointments this next month to do, does it matter if there's a downtime? You still have to go to work. And what's going to happen if you go see 30 clients in the next 30 days, you're going to have some success. Yeah. And then what's going to happen? Are you going to stay in that downtime? No, you're probably going to come right out of it. So I did the same thing, my financial business. So what I would do is when it was going really good, I would try to recruit extra amounts of people, have extra appointments set up. So if I had a bad day, I'd go, I quit but I got two appointments I got to do tonight before I quit. So then I go do those two appointments <laughs> and I have some se- success or I'd recruit somebody. Right. Yeah. And then I'd be on, on top of the world again. Right. So right. I made sure, and that was a mistake a lot of people would make is they would just not have any appointments in the, in the, in the future. So when they had a downtime and quit, they quit.
1: Yeah. They never showed sense. up
0: again. So I just met, wanted to make sure I always had things to look forward to yes. so that even when I, cause I knew there were downtimes were going to come. Right. The downtimes and same thing in life. That's the same way. Right. Yeah. So I know I'm going to have downtimes in life. Um, what am I doing in all areas of my life to have things to look forward to? Right. You know, do I still have events and things look forward to with my kids. Absolutely. Right. They've got all these milestones that I've, I've got to be there for that. I look forward to. Right. And, and, uh, you know, if I've set, we've all set that up, if we've had kids, they're, they're all going to live their lives and, and we got to be there for them. We're going to be there for them. So when we're having a downtime, remember that, you know, and yeah so whatever it is you're doing, just set yourself up to have to keep going, uh, when you're down.
1: That's a, that's really powerful. Yeah. If, if you don't have something to look forward to, then you'll kind of, you might go by the wayside uh, in so many ways. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, and also what's interesting is my, uh, I want, want to mention my wife. She's, um, she never really worked from home before like well she had like her little side jewelry business but she got involved uh in also direct sales as well and and she got to the six figure mark within a year which I was like wow. you know yeah it was it was just beautiful i was like babe you go do your thing and because i've done enough sessions with her she was actually introvert uh and then now she's like on stage grabbing roses training calls doing zoom calls and i'm just like like who took my wife like you know it's yeah. like i kind of and, and i really felt like it's because um I put her in these weekly healing rooms every single week and I was just like, babe, you're in it. You know, and it's so funny because like we get so different schedule that like she'll be like, babe, I felt like cleaning my whole room today. I'm like, B- I'm like, we're working on procrastination actually this week. So you're like in it, you know, so she would forget like the theme, but she was like, but I would see it in her life, you know. Um, but um, she wanted to ask a question to you because she knew you were, you were coming on here. She was just wondering how do you balance everything in regards to like – what what we notice is that the more successful you become sometimes in direct sales, now you have more people to take care of. Mm-hmm. How do you do it so that you're like – you honor your family, your spirituality, your work and like – because – I heard balance is really hard. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, and people who say like, oh, balance is easy. It's like, I just think they're just, they're just it's just a crock of crap. You know, yeah. it's like, it, it really, it's like you're going to teeter totter like all the time. Yes. Um. But what's something that you kind of made like, maybe like this is mandatory or like I'm putting my foot down here that maybe has set you up so that maybe your balance is a little bit stronger.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. First of all, We're we're never going to be balanced, right? Right. The only balance is is imbalance. You're going to be imbalanced in some ways. Some weeks you're going to be 80% on your business, 20% with your other stuff. Other weeks you might be different than that. But um, I think every week, you know, a lot of it has to do with planning and uh, you've got your negotiable times and your non-negotiable times. So I would have non-negotiables with my business, which would be the meetings that I had set up with my people. Those would be non-negotiable times and then I would also have non-negotiables with family. So, okay, my boy's got a baseball game here. We're going to do a date night here. We're going to go on a getaway you know, every other month for an overnight stay or something together. Um, is that
1: planned at the beginning of the month or is that planned every single Sunday? Or how, when, when do you usually plan? Yes, yeah, so
0: non- you have yearly planning, monthly planning, and weekly planning, right? right. So I would typically on my Sunday nights, uh, that was my planning time and, yep. and setting up my week. Um, and so the first of the month and you you do it with your partner and then you do your personal time too, but, um, that helps. So, so, you know, you, you, you get your non-negotiable stuff in your calendar first and then all the other things can kind of fill in the gaps, right? Right. So you still have to, like I say, you got to do your business meetings, you got to do your coaching calls with your people, you got to do some training, you got to do your own client stuff, So, but just make sure you have those non-negotiable times there. And when they sit, when they're non-negotiable, they're non-negotiable. You, you, that you, you're, you're designing your life instead of reacting to life. That can be very difficult to do when you have a business that's really starting to go. Right. Um, because it's, it's so tempting to just, you go, man, I, I've been working so hard for this and I've got all these appointments and I've got to do them or I'm going to lose them. Um, but you just got to remember what's most important. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this is where I could have done a much better job of this. I mean, when I was building my I business, think we all could. Yeah. When I was in my early <laughs> days of my business, we didn't have kids. So yeah. my wife and I were just always working and, right. and we were cool with it because we were on the same page. We we're yep. doing it together anyway. Yeah. But then we started having kids. I was still in that mode and I continued in that mode till way too late, you know, way too, way too long. And then finally a, an event kind of happened where I was like, Whoa, you better wake up right, and get stuff in order. Right. right. So you don't want it to get to that point. Um, and you know, some of you are going to have to get that point. That, that's, that's life, right? Some, sometimes yeah. you, yeah, yeah, you fart around and you find out, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I Hopefully it,
1: it doesn't get to that point, yeah. but like I said, but it could happen. Yeah. And, uh, and, and sometimes it's just a wake up call. Sure. You know, and, and I think some people need it, you know?
0: Well, I, I think one more thing too, I, I would, I would say about that is, and it's, it's such a simple concept, but it, <clears throat> I struggle with it all the time. And that is, you know, if you'll just serve the lord first he'll deliver you from bondage right like there's a yeah. scripture mosiah 733 you know you you serve the lord with all your heart might mind, mind and strength and he will deliver you from bondage and that's not the exact wording of it um serve him you know you do that and and if if we do that first then all of these things i'm talking about the planning and all that you you got a faith of course but he'll deliver you from the bondage of how do i balance it all and right but again, that's something that you just gotta const. For me, I gotta constantly go back to that and remember: just trust in the Lord and serve Him. Trust in the Lord and serve Him. Trust in the Lord and serve Him, and serve Him first. Right. And and then and then all and then if you're do really doing that, then everything you're doing, the work you're doing, whatever you're doing in your business, you're doing it for Him to serve Him. It's a right. whole different ballgame.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I, uh, uh, one of the things that I did was that uh, I wanted to, to give to a group of people that like. I wouldn't see them on a regular day basis. Like for example, like um, uh, down in, in Africa, there's uh there's an orphanage that I I take care of. And I kind of, I, I feel like if you're listening to this and uh, you, you may or may not agree as a financial person here, so I might just get the smackdown right now, but um, but like, I feel like when you um, when you get, when you uh, start getting some money, some people say, when I get to this point, uh, then I'll tithe. Or when I get to this point, Then I'll start giving. But what I've noticed is that like money comes a lot faster. If you kind of like already set up the things to give up front and you're just, because it's almost Amen. like if you just do that, then I, so that's what I did. Like my wife looked at me like I was kind of like, wait, are you sure you want to do this? Because like what, like we just started this business and you're going to set up this orphanage thing. I'm like, yeah, but like look how much happier I am throughout the day knowing that these kids are going to be served. And if we make more income, they're going to get even more served. Something happens where it's just like God's just like, hey, you got you got a good, you're not putting money as as your top priority, you're, you're, you're giving back as your top priority. It's a great
0: example because you're creating a vacuum, right? You're yeah. creating a vacuum because you're taking that money that's coming in and you're giving it right away. Yep. And that, now there's a vacuum there that needs to be filled, right? Yep. The, the universe will always fill a vacuum, right? Yep. It's kind of funny talking about tithing, you know. And <laughs> the way I learned about tithing is kind of funny. I used to mow my grandparents' lawn. And, uh, she, after, after I mowed her on, she gave me $10 and then $1 for my tithing. <laughs> oh, wow. Early. <laughs> so, is that funny? That is So, funny. um, so really I had to pay a dollar ten, right? But anyway, wow. so, but, but, but the point is it, it stuck with me. And so I've always yeah. paid my tithing, you know, when I was broker than a joke, I still paid my tithing and I have a strong testimony of that, of giving. Um, there's something about that, that absolutely you're, 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 blood. You, you can't. You can't give too much because it's always going to come back to you even bigger, right? Yeah, if exactly. you're if you're truly giving. Some people give and they're they're expecting a
1: return of, return
0: some, sort. of some sort. That's yep. not giving, that's lending, right. right? So you want to be giving and and genuinely giving with no expectation of even a thank you. Yeah. And if you get a great but you don't you're, you're, you 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 genuinely are giving cuz you are giving.
1: Right. And I've always believed in that one scripture is that many of us have entertained angels unaware. You know, and I and sometimes like I I know that when I go back and return um, to uh, like you know when we all return back you know to the Father, we're gonna run back the tapes, and there's probably gonna be many people that we've given to without no return. And that person was just in a disguise Mm -hmm. and they were just, it was just an angel there going, and just like, they got to see me going like. I think the same thing. Yeah. "Yeah, No, no, I, I, my, my wife always says like, like, say, were you like a homeless person in a different life? You know, because like maybe you always give it, you know, to homeless people, but it it really what it is, is just like, I I realize I'm like, that is someone's daughter. Like that is someone's mom and she's not going home tonight. If you just really like, just take five minutes and just do all that. She's like, we're going home. She's not going home tonight. She's, she's wandering in the streets. Yes. I mean, if that doesn't like touch you to the core where you say, that's just not right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't, and again, like, you know, King Benjamin, in the Book of Mormon talks about like our thing is not to judge them and say, well, you know, they kind of deserve that, you know, because of their work ethic or whatever, you know. But it's like, do we honestly know their story? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So if you even try to implement a story in a homeless person, then you're being judgmental. And that's what we're not supposed to be, you know. We leave that up to God, you know. And right. so, I've just come to the conclusion where I'm like, "What you do with this? I wish that you do something good with this, mm-hmm. you know." And and uh, and I and I send love to them because because. In quantum physics, it shows that our heart sends out electromagnetic frequency like ten, fifteen feet. Yes. So, so this person, like, if I honestly send them a prayer in my heart and say, "I wish you the best," you know, that's very. If you do that and you leave some money, I guarantee that person will be better off. Yep. And so, um, agree. But that—that's yeah, what happened with that. I felt so good with that orphanage, and uh, and, and and the the kids just eating food and I, and I Good I hate you, doing man that's awesome I, I hate doing what what my parents used to do to me you know like as, you know some parents do it like in a, in a kind of a terrible guilt trip but they would say hey you know like kids in Africa you know but but I try to tell them I'm like I'm like don't, I don't want you to think about kids in Africa and I'm giving this as a guilt trip I want you to think of it like Maybe you'll go out there and serve people, and then maybe you'll give to them that don't have, mm-hmm. and and look forward to that—that that you'll have enough that you can always give, you know. But but I think like what we're talking about is if you give, you'll always have enough, yeah. which is like the reverse, actually. It is, you know, and, yeah. and it and it again, it reminds me of like the man, that that verse, uh, the lilies of the field. You yeah. know, it's, it's 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 so overlooked those scriptures of where it's just like, man. look, if if God will take care of that bird. And you're like way bigger than a bird, you know. If God will take care of that flower, you're way bigger than a flower. You really don't have any faith that you'll be taken. We could care just of.
0: remember that. <laughs> seriously, no. <laughs> I, I
1: I wish honestly, like, I feel like I should put that on my like top where I just sleep. It's just like, no, it's like sometimes I f- I would be the worrying lily if I were to turn yeah. into a lily. He knows what we need. Yeah, he knows what exactly we what we need. He knows our <laughs> dreams. He's seen my vision board. He's seen everything, and he's just going like, seriously, man, you're still worrying.
0: Yeah, I know, man. That's a whole another seminar right there.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay, I got like a few more questions here, and then we'll we'll end here. Um, so, so one of the things is, uh, you know, I truly believe that comparison is the thief of joy. You know, and, and you know, you've probably heard that phrase. Um, we've talked about it before, where some people, you know, don't know what happened to you, closed doors, you know, before you had success. You know, a lot of cry, uh, crying closet moments. You know, when you know before you had your success. Um, in other words, you've cut your teeth somewhere else. See, like for me, for example, my practice went to where I was working with zero people to where I was working with like 100 people within like a few months, a week. And I got very busy. And people go like, oh, how'd you do that? I'm like, well, I failed in direct sales for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, and but I learned from people who are very successful. I was the guy in the JC Penny suit that's like, one day my day will come. And then I was like applauding for people who were having success until it became kind of annoying. And I was like, I hate you guys for having so much success. Right. You know, and then you start questioning yourself. It's like, well, if he had success, then there's something wrong with me. So low self esteem was was heavy on me for 10 years. Like mm-hmm. there's something wrong with me. Like, you know. And then once you find that your mission though, um, I don't know if I told you, but when I got baptized at 26 years old, one of the reasons why I feel like I didn't have success was for a purpose is that God was saying these words, if you have too much success, you'll forget about me. And I really feel like that there's, there's, there's reasons why you may not be having success in your practice is because you haven't put God first. Mm -hmm. And if you do have too much success, there's really no way you can come back to the God island and and like go back to- And that's,
0: that's by the way, because he loves you. And right, he, no, no, he wants you close, right? Exactly, yeah. It's and not, so he doesn't want you to get all the success and get away from him. So he, it's not that he's like punishing you, right? He just wants you close. And right. when, when you show him, hey, I'm going to stay close, and yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. I think so.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, it, it's not an easy uh, pill to swallow, in my opinion, because it's it's very frustrating. In fact, it can make you even resent God because you think, oh, if you're such a loving God, then why aren't you giving me what I want? Mm-hmm. But it's really like God doesn't give you what you want. It's more like He gives you what you need too. You know, it's like mm-hmm. sometimes we don't know what we don't need. Yeah, you know like like I've never met I've never met someone who finally became a Christian in some way or another and said like you know i'm uh I'm not grateful for finding out about this relationship that I never had it's like that person doesn't exist mm-hmm. they're they're actually regretting that they it, they took so long mm-hmm. to get to that point yeah but but you'll never meet a person who says man it's like really I'm really uh, upset that I got this new relationship that I never you know thought I ever had so you know what you don't know, you don't know, could be hurting you too. And and that's what the body code's about. And actually, energy medicine is like, mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, I don't know why this is happening in my life. I'm like, Yeah, your your subconscious knows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um anyway, I was gonna the last question, I have like two more questions and then we're we're done here. But um you've probably heard the saying it's better to recruit someone new than to raise the dead. Uh you know, what has been your experience with this? So some of you guys, and the reason why this is kind of cool too, some people are in doTERRA that, you know, own a wellness yeah. practice. Some people are in Solex. So these are your your tips that you're giving of, of of someone who who's a top earner are useful to them because, you know, they're like, you have to have a different mindset. You know, like Jim Rohn, the, what is it, Build Your Network Marketing Business, you know, I must have heard that CD Probably over ten thousand times you mm-hmm. know like until they like finally just melted in the in my car, yeah um just because it's like you have to it's a new mindset, you know like like building is a new mindset mm-hmm. um but what is what does that mean to you about this like it's better to recruit someone new than raise the dead have you have you experienced that in your business where you're like, yeah, I don't
0: yeah, I mean um you know when you're building a business and you build relationships with people and you know they're dead, so to speak, in your business meaning they're not really bringing any value to the business right. directly as far as maybe results go. But you still have that relationship with them. Um, it's tough because you still have that relationship, and you you know and, and I don't think you should like you know uh, just forget about them. Right. But you got to be real with yourself too and go okay for whatever reason they're not ready to win yet or you know whatever. I mean is is it is it a skill thing? Is it a work ethic thing? You know, is it a, is it a spiritual thing? What, what is it? You know, and you know, you do your best to help them, but it's like we were talking about earlier, if they aren't listening and they're not ready, what are you going to do? Right. You can take a horse, bring a horse, a thirsty horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. Right. right so they're absolutely. there. They've got the water. It's all there. You're providing all these things. They're just not ready. So since they're not ready, go find somebody who is ready and who's hungry, right? Make sure you're, I mean, if you're, you, you know, you, you be prepared and, and you're looking for those that are looking for you. So that's great much,
1: advice. Right? Um, you've heard the SW, right? Probably a thousand times, probably the SW, SW. Uh,
0: some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, you got it. Good
1: job. <laughs> um, so it, it, I love that last part though, because, you know, some people, they end with, um, you know, so what? You know, um, actually they would put N at the end. They would say next, you know, yeah. but actually next sounds kind of cold, a little harsh, Yeah, a little harsh, yeah. but, but someone's waiting is it's, it's a beautiful thought. When you go to bed at night, I like to think about, um, I like to sometimes ponder about the person who's praying with the wife and saying like, I don't know how to like help my PTSD out. And, um I've tried everything and like our marriage is about to fail. And all I'm praying about is like, God, where is that person? So I can help them out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really about, I think direct sales is, a, is really just a conglomeration of like people uh, kind of like answering prayers and people asking in prayers. Like mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it's just, I guarantee if you ask your team, like how they found you and whatever, there was a lot of pain, pressure and prayer and And all of a sudden, because you became the person you were trying to become you you could answer their prayers with a vehicle that was beyond you. You right. could say like hey you know i'm I'm a pretty cool guy, but this machine here, if we just hang on to it mm-hmm. you know, and then you basically gave them the vision that they didn't have for themselves, mm-hmm. which that's worth millions of dollars that that alone direct sales if you don't if you have lost in direct sales the one thing that you've gained is self development like yeah. I, and they they've said that like if you went 5 years 10 years no one can rob you. It's from the not development. The
0: education you're going to get Absolutely. With, the, with the experiences. I mean,
1: cause there's people that have done direct sales and, and maybe yeah. they left it and they did something else. You know, me for example, but there's other people too. Yep. Um, they always look back going like, those are some really amazing years that taught me so much about myself mm-hmm. that you can't come, you know, you almost can't resent. It's like it's so funny. You can resent a church, but you can't, you can't resent a direct <laughs> sales company, but, but both of them provided growth for you. Yeah. That, that's kind of weird. Um, uh, upside down a little bit, but, but that i think that's very very powerful is that it's an incubation system for self development yeah. and there's it's all, and they always talk about that the teams that are the, are growing are the ones that are reading more and becoming more right uh if you're having a stagnation in your business the organization is not they're not in the same beat of like self development they're yeah. like losing they're losing momentum you know yeah. and um so anyway last question here uh let's see okay so here we go so my wife is, you know, doing very well and so like top earner and stuff. And I was just curious, like, so, you know, the six-figure mark is, like, a great milestone that's already been hit. Now, you went to the seven-figure milestone, you know? And, you know, there's there's wellness practitioners that are probably kind of, like, making this jump, you know? And, and I always tell people, I'm like... I'm like a lot of the the biggest disease that a lot of wellness practitioners have is is like kind of this guilt for like charging, you know, like they're just kind of like, like, oh, I should give this away for free. But then it's like, you know, if you do that, though, you go back to a job where you're not in your mission and then you're miserable, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's just like, are you really serving you, your family and your dreams? No. So it's just like make it so that you can be more free to help others wake up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and really that's what it is. It's like if you if you go from seven six figures to seven figures, it has to be you're serving more people. Yep. But in your mind, what do you feel was the change of mindset from like, and this is from my wife here so that way I can give her a high five later on, you know, I asked, you know? So yes. uh, six figures to seven figures, like was it a, did you feel like, I've heard rumors that, going from zero to six figures, it's the same jump from six figures to seven figures that you took there. Or is it a completely different animal that you're like, okay, yeah, the seven figure run was very crazy. You know, what, what was your experience?
0: Yeah. I mean, some of it was just the same trajectory from when I started. I, I did, I did stay very consistent, you know, um, but there were definitely some differences. And so what happened with us is we went from zero to a hundred thousand within two years and uh, during that time, it was a lot of uh, me just doing the grind, you yeah. know. And I wasn't very good yet, and I was learning, and I was learning how to close sales, and how to hire people, and how to lead, and and uh, you know how to, you know, motivate, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we we went from a hundred grand to about two fifty, and I was I was stuck at two fifty for a couple of years, and I was frustrated, I could not figure out what it was.
1: Was Jeff Fieldstad on the, uh, then Jeff entered your team and then you went straight to a million. This is the story, right? Yeah. So actually, I'm just, actually yeah. I'm just, I'm just putting a plug so, in for yeah, Jeff here. Just yeah, like, he was. Jeff came in and then all of a he sudden. He was definitely
0: a catalyst for sure. Because <laughs> right. during that time when we were stuck, we went and saw the founder of our company speak. And, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't in the company more. The, the company had, he'd sold the company years, but prior to that, but we were able to get him back to come and speak. And so, I think at that time, my income was about 300 grand. Again, I was frustrated. I, I wanted to, you know, go, go to the moon. Right. And he came and spoke and, and, uh, I'd heard this before, but I, it really stuck to me this time where my, my, uh, leader, Brendan Merton was speaking at that event and he said, if you want to get what you want, you've got to help people get what they want. Yeah. Right. And so I really started to focus more on what my people wanted. And what they needed to do and what they needed to do to become a regional vice president. And we came back from that meeting and I called an emergency meeting as soon as we got back to the office and I cast a vision. I, I, I cast a vision. I, I brought up some of them. I said, okay, so-and-so, you're going to be an RVP in the next, you're, you're, you're on deck. You're going RVP in the next two months. So-and-so, you're on deck after them. You're going two months after that. So-and-so. You're gonna. And over that next year, we promoted six regional vice presidents. Our income went from three hundred grand to six sixty. And then from there, we had that momentum going, and people were just, I'm just, you're next, you're next. And about every sixty, ninety days, we were promoting a new new regional vice president, which is a new branch. Right, right, right. And so I think that there was, a, you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. But, um, you know, letting letting leaders lead. Um, I think the greatest leaders lead the least, meaning they 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 just are. They're they're good. They're the best managers manage the least kind of thing. I mean, they, again, they, we've been talking a lot about just becoming. Yeah. And I was, I was starting to learn that, that I didn't need to be the one that did it all. In fact, it got to a point where it was better it, that I wasn't doing it all. And I was making them the hero. Uh, one guy in particular, he became a regional vice president. I actually did the majority of the work to train him and get him out as a regional vice president, but I made it look like he did it all. Oh, wow. And it fired everybody else up because they, they're like, if he can do it, I can do it. You oh, know? there we go. Yeah. And the belief level just went through the roof. Okay. So I, I did that with like three people in my organization. So really poured into them and I made it look like they did all of it. Right. Yeah. And I did a lot of it cause they, they, you know, they, they were bit, they but they had a lot of credibility in that yeah. way. So I don't know that's a couple of things that I did there that.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest, the takeaway that I'll get from that, it's, it's all great tips is, um, casting vision to people and, and seeing them more than what they are, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and, and I try to do that with my clients too, you know, like, cause I feel like, there comes a point where like you're really satisfied in all different areas of your life, yeah. you know? And you can kind of like coast, pretty, you know, pretty well there because you know, not everybody wants to be a you like where you're at, you know, they maybe they their goal was to hit this certain type of income and they're happy there, you know? And it's it's and I think what what the thing is is to know what people want and 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 be very attuned to their desire and then the second is like make sure you get them there somehow, you know? And, but I think it has a lot to do with like borrow my belief until you acquire yours you know mm-hmm. and then, and then do that and i i tell people all the time like i'll, I'll leave the phone sometimes and say hey look what would what happen in your life if you continued this type of healing a year from now sure like where, where like i want you to picture yourself where would your life be and sometimes they don't do that they're like they, they're just thinking about The bills for that month or they're just thinking about their health issues that that's the part that hurts me the most when i meet with clients um the part that just kind of really hurts my heart actually when i'm talking to them is that i'll talk about their physical symptoms and i'll be like i'll I'll type them all out i'll be like hey do you deal with anxiety depression then i'll type it all out it's the third part that always kills me where i'm just like hey so what if all your physical issues were gone and what if all your emotional symptoms were just depleted, like they weren't there anymore, you know? And and you were just kinda of like just to rub a genie lamp and just be like, if I could just attract this more into my life, what would you want? You know? Sometimes I have the longest silence there because they've been drowning in so much of the emotional and physical that they've literally forgot to dream. Mm-hmm. And and it hurts me cuz I'm just like and I, and I and I have to kind of like start talking because mm-hmm. the silence gets so awkward. And mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like you know like how about a better relationship with your partner or whatever and then finally it's like the extraction process is gone, but it's so interesting how like people are so Encumbered with oh, yeah. with with emotional physical stuff, that that to even spell the word dream they would spell it wrong, and 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 to and to me like people like you the reason why I admire your work is because you're a hope dealer is what you are is you've given people hope and like to like start dreaming again and they really depend on you for like you're gonna take like if this works out or when this works out it's like my family could be different right. and you know and then you'll be like in a little like plaque on like you know the side of the living room or whatever like sure but but I'm just metaphorically, I guarantee there's people that probably think of you that way. They're going like, if it wasn't for him, uh, my wife would be here. My, I would be still at this job and my kids wouldn't have a father, and, you know? So how, how does that make you feel? Like, you know, that's
0: just... Well, I mean, I hope that's the case. I, I appreciate that. So that's very nice to, to say that. I'm sure you do a lot of the same for so many people as well. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean you know, you talked about earlier, there's, there's the dark side out there and the, and the light. Right. And, and, uh, you know, that bad guy down below, he's just, he's working like a dog right now to make sure people keep, we almost keep people depressed and hopeless. And uh, they, I mean, so, I mean, just helping people turn to the light and, uh, you know, all the things that, uh, that bring light in. And we've been talking a lot about like the discipline and the focus and, you know, doing things you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do them and your life will be full of that light. And then you'll be able to see that lamp and be able to know what you want when that genie comes out of that lamp, so to speak, um, because you are doing all the right things, right? You're, you're, you're moving towards the light when you're doing the things you should be doing, when you should be doing them, whether you feel like it or not that will get you to the right place so that you can start dreaming again. So I know there's a lot of people right now, they're so, they're so deep into that. Yeah. How do I even get out? Start, you know, what's gotten you there. Right. You know, what's going to get you out. You may not feel like it, but start making the steps towards it. And I don't, I don't believe it takes too long or very long at all. If you start doing the right things to come out of that and get into the right place, especially, you know, if you turn, turn to God and to do it, do what he wants you to do. And if you got addictions or things like that, get some help, you know, get some help, some accountability, reach out, bring all that dark addic- addiction stuff. That's all darkness, right? Bring yeah. it to light. Expose the heck out of it. Make yeah. sure people know about it and uh, work on it. Don't be ashamed of it and uh, overcome. Yeah. And I think
1: people would be surprised if you, if you were to bring it to light, how many people would be actually compassionate and non judgmental to you. Yeah. But I think that's even adds more to their darkness that, that that they don't have that surroundings, you know? So, so obviously, find the friend that's the non-judgmental friend that if you could tell them anything and and they would still be there, like, even holding you closer, that's the person you want to go to. Then, you know, find... I don't have any issues with you going to counseling, go, go get counseling. Sometimes you have to talk it out. Sure. Sometimes you need an energy or sometimes you need a float therapy. Sometimes, you know, not not everything is for everyone, you know, but uh, find what really works for you. For me, um, it's, it's like um, I found out that uh, even... When people say, you know, I'm a member of the church, whatever, I even go deeper than that. I, I feel like I'm a truth seeker, you know. I'm trying to find truth everywhere I can find it, mm-hmm. you know. And the reason why I'm a truth seeker is because, like, we, we came here for a reason, to acquire knowledge, to get information. But at the end of the day, it's to get relationship with our creator, you know. And if there's any truth out there that can get me closer to my creator, then I'm going to use it, you know. Mm-hmm. and um, but, but as we're doing that, really, um, I, I really feel like our final questions in life will be, um, you know, um, do you recognize my voice? You know, that's number one. Number two is, um, did you use your gifts and talents or did you bury them? You know, I think those are the two things really. If you got those two down mm-hmm. and you've heard his voice your whole life, you probably just didn't just sit and hear hear his voice. You probably did things that he probably wanted you to do. You know, mm-hmm. and and you followed that voice uh, and did certain things. Um, so, but I think at the end of the day, if you have those as priority. I think like you were saying, everything else will kind of fall into place, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm so grateful you can come down here. Is there anything that, um, you know, I know you have some really cool projects. I know you have an awesome podcast. If you're not listening to his podcast, I don't know what you're doing in this life, but uh, you have Solid Podcast, which is like basically what I feel like is like leadership training one-on-one in, in more ways than one, uh, like almost like take leadership of your life in different areas. That's, that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's called So it's called solid podcast. So definitely look them up. Uh, if there, is there anything that any final message you want to say, or is there any, you know, companies you want to promote anything that you want to kind of put out there before we call it wraps?
0: Oh man. I mean, appreciate you having me on today. I, uh, I think it'll be helpful for people to you had, You had a lot of good things to add here today. And, um, you know hopefully some of my story can can impact somebody out there um yeah that the the solid podcast our whole premise behind that was to help people live solid lives and so we we really we're, we're very careful about who we have on there and and uh we want people that are the epitome of you know solid marriages uh we've had a few youth on recently and and uh, that's we just we we've, we've got to spread all this information out there as much as we can you know to again talk about that darkness you know it, it, expose it get it get get it out there you know, uh, um talk about it share this with your friends and family and um uh, yeah i mean that's that's uh my life my life today i mean um uh focused on that but the, uh, the solid podcast but also uh rolling bones outdoors or opening up franchise locations with that th- these next couple of years love to hunt love to fish so that's uh, a big focus of mine as well as expanding that company and growing our membership and helping people have great adventures but yeah that's uh that's it, man. So
1: that's great. Well, um, yeah. So I'm glad you came down here. I always like to end the podcast, uh, you know, saying this is that, you know, the world has a false notion where I'll take care of you if you if you take care of me. But if we just take care of ourselves, then we can change our home. And if we can change our home, we can change our city. We can change the country, and we can eventually change the world. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, thank you, Brandon, for coming down here, and um, uh, thank you for all the value the value that you added here, and we, we appreciate you.
0: Thank you.